Welcome to Long Live the Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live the Music. I'm Kyle Hawk, Editor-in-Chief at It'sAllDead.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Very excited to talk about the new Fallout Boy album. So much for Stardust came out yesterday. Uh, we're recording this Saturday, March 25th. We've had a little over 24 hours to digest the album, soak it all in, and uh, that means it's time to talk about it for longer than we probably need to. I am joined tonight by Nadia Alves. Uh, Nadia, welcome to the show. Hello, all. Um, this is exciting. It feels like it's, I don't know how to describe it. We got the single uh, Love from the Other Side. Um, that came out back in January. We podcasted about it then. And, you know, a two-month album rollout is pretty fast these days. Um, at the same time, it almost feels like a year ago when that song came out. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like there was all this like avalanche of Fallout Boy um, with the single and the announcement of the album and all the excitement. And then it was just kind of like quiet for two months and then the album's here. Um, I don't know how it felt for you, but it was kind of, I, I think with just, I don't know, a new year and new stuff coming out. We had the Paramore album. We've had other stuff to talk about it. It just kind of like went into the back of my mind and I didn't really let myself think about the album until it finally arrived. Was that what it was like for you? Um, I kept kind of, I kept it on the back burner in my mind because I was excited. Um, I do love Fall Out Boy, but I think it was like probably the biggest album for me this month that I knew was coming out. Um, so I think that's probably why I, I was on my yeah. radar a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal in the world of It's All Dead. And uh, we're going to talk about it. There's a lot to discuss. Um, first thing, right off the bat, you've got a review that you've written. It's going to be up on the site this week. So um, if you want to read Nadia's review of So Much for Stardust, come to itsalldead.com. We're going to talk about your your kind of feelings on the album a little bit. First thing, I, I guess the best place to start, we had a couple singles leading up to it. Love from the Other Side and then Heartbreak Feels So Good came out about a week later. And I think, I, I guess my first reaction is that Love from the Other Side was a little bit of a red herring. Because um, kind of like the first reaction everybody was having, because it was definitely a, you know, a rockier... <laughs> more rock oriented tune than they've had in a while. And there was like this immediate reaction of like, Oh, fallout boys back the, you know, they're channeling uh, infinity on high or, you know, whatever. And we talked about some of that on the podcast we did, but I don't think that song, even though it's a great album opener, um, I don't think it's fully representative of what they're doing holistically on this album. Sonically. Um, is that, is that fair? I mean, like I will say like, this isn't mania. This isn't like, a pop album in the sense of like they were really leaning hard in that direction. There's lots of really great guitar parts. The drums are awesome. It feels there's parts of it that do feel like a fallout boy throwback, but there's other parts that sound completely different for them and completely new. And I wouldn't use love on the other side as the song to like explain the album to somebody. I'm so glad you said that you and I are always on the same wavelength. Like, that's incredible because I just watched the video. They released a video for all three of the first three songs now because they just released yeah. Hold Me Like a Grudge as a single yesterday with the release. Um, but yeah, like when when we get to the end of So Much for Stardust and that last song ends and it like 
goes back to love from the other side, it is very jarring. Like it's not, it's not where you expect it to go at all. Um, so I'm actually, I'm glad you feel that way. I, I agree with you. Yeah. And I, I guess if you told me, I was so high on that song when it came out. And if you told me then like, Hey Kyle, like don't expect the album to sound like this. I probably would have felt a little bummed out, but now having heard the full album like i'm totally fine with it um it's a great song but there's a lot of other really cool stuff that they do on this album too and i I am ready to say at this point that you know and again we're 24 hours in so simmer down kyle but i think i am ready to say that this is their best album post hiatus so we now have four albums on either side of the hiatus i think this is the best one it sounds like you agree absolutely and and why is that for you I don't know. Well, I we all know. I think one of the first podcasts I did with you guys was Fall Out Boy, I think, because if I join this, I'm just going to do some math here out loud. If I join the site in 2017, Mania was released in 2018. Um, so I had just started like dipping my toe into the podcast world. And I was yeah. like, Mania is the worst Fall Out Boy album to ever exist. But then, <laughs> like, it, I don't want to say like... No, it's grown on me. Mania actually turned out to be fine. But from a... I'm looking at their discography on on Spotify. Um, from a post-hiatus like perspective, absolutely, this is the strongest one. Um, it feels like they... They were like finally ready to like be back in a weird way. I don't know. I don't... Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking... I I was driving in my car, picking up some food just a little bit ago, and I was listening to the album again. And I, this is going to sound weird, but it feels like they feel more confident. And it's like, well, how can you judge confidence by listening to like a recording of a song? But I don't, they just feel like more in their skin than I feel like they have in a while. Like this is the first album post hiatus. And I like all the post hiatus albums in different ways. I'm not that guy that's like, oh, I want them to go back to making From Under the Court Tree or, or whatever. I've never felt that way. Um, and I, I think that's like a kind of a silly thing to want from a band. But all that to be said, this album feels like they're in their, they feel in their element and like they're having fun in a way that it didn't always feel on those three previous albums. And I still, I can't put my finger on how to explain it better than that, but that's just kind of my reaction, I guess. I think that like their era of experimentation is I don't want to say over, but like um, like reined in a little bit like they did the electronic kind of reggae thing with mania. Um, they did like the epic stadium stuff with save rock and roll. Um, American Beauty was just like pure pop music. I think they kind of have found the happy medium between, OK, we're Fall Out Boy. We're known for being a rock band, but also like we love all of these different genres of music. I think they finally figured out how to mix everything together perfectly. Yeah, I think that's that's a great way to state it. And it's funny because I, and I think I said this on the last podcast, and I know I've said it before, I really, I've, uh, previous to this, my favorite post-hiatus album was American Beauty, American Psycho. And I realized recently that a lot of people really don't like that album at all. And I kind of, you know, after the single came out, was going back through their catalog. And when I was listening to American Beauty, American Psycho, I was like, I can see why people weren't as high on it because it is very one note. Like it's kind of, there's a lot of songs that feel very, very similar you know, repeatedly, whereas this album feels, um, I mean, it's cohesive and it all makes sense together, but there's a lot of moving parts and the album kind of changes gears throughout it uh, on different songs. So it doesn't feel like you're just kind of like, 
like they're just stuck running on a treadmill or something. And I, I do appreciate that because like I can see this album being one that I come back to and kind of hop between different songs and there's different days where I'm feeling different parts of it differently. Um, yeah. How about you? Well, yeah, I feel like a lot, none of their albums are one note, whether you're talking about their, their heavier side of things. Um, there's always something in the middle, like um, you'll like I'll take Foley, you'll have, you know, head first slide, but then all the way at the end, you have like, what a catch. And I don't know. It's just none of their albums are the same until you get to American Beauty. I totally agree with you. It really just does feel the same. Like it's like one big long song and it gets kind of tiring. Like I totally feel that. Yeah. And I don't feel that way with this one. Yeah, definitely not. And it'll be interesting over time to see what happens when I've only been listening to it all the way through. But I will say that after three listens, I started to have the desire to skip two songs in particular. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about um, our our favorite songs and maybe our least favorite. A a couple of notes, though. One of the things that we talked about uh, leading up to the album was Neil Avron coming back, who hasn't produced for them since Foley Adu. And the production on this album, like not to be that guy, but like the production on this album is awesome. Like it sounds good. Um, And I mean, the Andy's drums, like they really stand out on a lot of these tracks, like not just his drumming, but the production of the, the drums themselves. Like it just, the mix of sound feels really, really awesome. And it feels like the, and you know, they've got a lot of orchestral elements. There's a lot of, some of the songs, there's a lot going on, but you can feel kind of like those bass elements with the guitars and the drums kind of leading the way on a lot of these songs. And I, I don't know, just listening to it, it's very pleasing to the ear. To, and, and I haven't actually had like a deep listen to like nice headphones or anything yet, but I, I'm, I'm excited to do that because this does feel like um, their best produced album uh, again since since the hiatus. Do you feel that way? Yeah, it's honestly so tight. It's it's so good. Um, I was talking to you earlier about um listening to it in the car. I took my sisters out today shopping. Um, but yeah, like I just kept as we were listening to it, they were like, I really wish you would change this. And I was like, No, because this is such like it was so drivable. It was just so it's mm. such a tight album. It's so good. It was it's raining here, but like I wanted to put the windows down. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and it'll be fun to kind of like see how it plays come summertime. It's interesting because it's like it felt like it was meant to come out this time of year because there's like a lot of lyrics in it. I, I also want to say I feel like this is sort of a comeback album for Pete. It's not like his best album lyrically, but it feels more like Pete's feeling himself a little bit, kind of like you used to the vibe you used to get on some of the earlier albums. Um, but there's like parts where he's talking about like winter and it's not spring yet and permafrost he's kind of like almost like it feels like it came out at the right time of year where everybody's like wanting so bad to like get out of this final little bit of winter and into the warmth again and i i don't know i'm probably reaching but it does feel a little bit like that to me and i wonder how intentional it was in doing that to come out this time of year no i agree because I heard that line where it was like um, winter, but now like spring's not here yet. And to, I think they literally must have picked the first Friday, like after spring started to like yeah. release it. Like it just feels like so perfect. It is. Um, so let's talk through some of our favorite songs to start with. And 
I will skip over the two, the first two tracks, Love from the Other Side and Heartbreak Feels So Good, because we had both of those already. So from the newer tracks, for me, there's three that stick out, and one of them is already a top 10 Fall Out Boy song ever for me. And again, I know, calm down, Kyle. We'll see how I feel in a week, but I'm really high on one of these. So the three songs that I like the best are Heaven, Iowa. And it's funny because the first time I was listening to the album and it started, I didn't really know how I felt about it. But by the end of it, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I think it's like the slowest song on the album, but it's so powerful. And it's just one of those songs where Patrick just gets to show off vocally. And uh, it, it's fantastic. The chorus is just like, it, it brings the house down. I, I really, really hope they're going to play that song on their tour this summer. Um, and then track 11, uh, The Kintsugi Kid, 10 Years. Um, I like a lot. That's another one of those songs that feels like it could have also, a version of it could have been on the back half of Infinity on High. Like if you're going to try to pick songs that feel the most like, you know, an older version of Fallout Boy, that one is up there for me. But my favorite song on the album and again, right now, gun to my head, top 10 Fallout Boy song. So much for Stardust. The title track, the closing track, it is like so emotionally powerful and brutal. And it's like so good anyway. But then when like the music cuts out and it's kind of that like echoey, haunting repeating of the refrain where you can kind of hear Patrick's voice, but you hear other voices in it, like, oh my gosh, that song is like literally unbelievable. I can't believe at this point in their career, they were able to write a song that good. Um, so how about you? What are, what are some of your favorites from the album so far? That's incredible that you say that. Um, because for me, there there's four. So it's, I am my own muse. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? The, yeah, the minute, good. the minute that that Ethan Hawk thing in the middle, which I'm going to say it, I know that's not right. I don't like it. I think it's like annoying. <laughs> I'm going to skip it every time, but yeah. The way it leads into I Am My Own Muse, I literally, I sat there and I was like, get out of town right now. Like my jaw dropped. It is so good. So good. Um, good. I feel the same way about the Kintsugi Kid. Incredible. So good. And like, what a reflection on like the past, man. Oh my gosh. Like, so mm -hmm. good. Um, What a Time to Be Alive is so, so good. That's my favorite song on the album, I think, right now. I love that song. I don't know what it is. I, I think that's the one that made me say like windows are going down. Um, but yeah, so much for Stardust. That What a perfect title track. Like what a perfect way to like summarize that. Yeah. It's a great it's album. A perfect great album. album. Uh, well, this is a great transition to songs that I'm not as crazy about because What a Time to Be Alive is maybe one of my least favorite Fallout Boy songs I've ever heard. No way. Yeah. I... Uh, I don't know. I haven't liked it a single time that I've listened to the album. I skipped it the last time I listened to it. And I can't decide if it wasn't about the pandemic or whatever. I think maybe I would like it. But some of the lyrics are just so cringy to me. Like, I just don't want to hear another album about it. Like, we all or another song about it. Like, we get it. We all lived through it. It sucked. Um, and I just I don't know. There's something about I just it. Yeah, I rolled my eyes, I cringed, I felt awkward, and I don't know if I can get over it. But I there's it's funny because if I when I was listening to it at one point today, I was like, I can hear how the melody of this, like if it was about anything else, like I think I would like it. So I know I'm probably overreacting and you can tell me that, but that's that's how I felt. And then so good right now was another one. It just I don't I don't know, it didn't 
after heaven iowa and then right before the pink sea show it it just felt weird um again it may grow on me over time but those are the two early on that i'm just kind of like eh. what if i told you i don't like heaven iowa yeah tell me i know like i don't know i i think it's the same thing it's like just so slow like right in the middle there i don't really know how i i don't know i think the first three songs hit so hard and then like fake out is okay um i can hang with fake out but then like heaven io starts and i'm like i just don't know how i feel about that yet i skipped it today when i was listening to it i'll say Mm -hmm. that and then i skipped i'm thinking about it actually i skipped so good right now too because again it is weird those two songs just don't really fit together i think that if they were swapped maybe it would feel like it flowed better but so good right now is sarcastic you know what i mean like so it's not it's not like feel good fallout boy sorry i'm like thinking through this in my own way um but yeah, I don't know. I just, I wasn't floored by heaven. I liked it the first time I listened to it. I was not floored by it the second time like I was the first time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I'm pulling up the lyrics now to What a Time to Be Alive so I can try to like make sense of it. So um, I I watched the Zane Lowe thing. They just put it up. Um, but it turns out What a Time to Be Alive, Patrick sent that to Pete before the pandemic. So it's not about the pandemic. And I will stand by that. They may have made it about the pandemic eventually, but it wasn't there to begin with. And I'm going to stand by that weird? track because of that. I don't think why did you're I, weird. Why did I do that then? I don't think you're weird. But I didn't know that until I watched this like an hour and a half ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is pandemic song. This is pandemic Fall Out Boy. But it yeah. it it sort of is, but it sort of isn't at the same time. Like the way huh. he put it was um, like because they were kind of like bantering about it, about when he had sent it to him. And he was like, that's not the only bad thing that happened. <laughs> like he said, there were other things that were happening in the world that made me want to write that song. Um, yeah, I can see that. But, but I, I will yeah, say that like, can. yeah, I mean, where is it? I just had it. Yeah. That's I mean, okay. when I said, leave me alone, this isn't quite what I meant. I got the quarantine blues bad news yes like they definitely finished it during the pandemic but i don't think initially it was meant to be that way um but he also said that he wanted the track to be like that song that you play at a wedding that like you were dancing and then you stop dancing and you're like oh my god this is a bummer which is so (laughs) fallout boy isn't it we love them for that boy yep um that is that is right on the money um well, like I said, I do feel like, you know, that song aside, I felt like Pete was kind of back on his game. And I don't think he ever like, you know, I think you can look at every Fall Out Boy album, even all the post hiatus albums and find moments where Pete still got his fastball. But I think pound for pound lyrically, this is the best post hiatus album. And so I decided I've always been a fan of like the Pete Wentz one liners. Like he just has a way of like taking these lines that shouldn't work in a song and then suddenly it's like the perfect lyric in a song he's been doing that since the band started i feel like i'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know but um like i you know as an example the my favorite pete wentz lyric has always been um the best way to make it through with hearts and wrists intact is to realize two out of three ain't bad like that line is so like overwrought and you know like dripping with just sadness and uh i don't know it's a perfect p wentz line and uh 
So I went through and I picked out some that I thought were kind of the best, like only Pete Wentz could write it. Um, we talked about it when the song came out, Love from the Other Side, I'd Never Go, I Just Want to Be Invited. That's a that's a Pete line for sure. But then Hold Me Like a Grudge, uh, he says, and I guess I'm getting older because I'm less pissed when I can't get onto the guest list. Um, another <laughs> very Pete Wentz line. Heaven, Iowa, um, I've unspooled on the floor. I feel so a star is born. Um, I thought that was pretty good. And then so much for Stardust, that whole second verse is like my favorite section of lyrics on the whole album, but he starts it off with, um, I need the sound of crowds or I can't fall asleep at night. And then it ends with, I'm pretty positive. My pain isn't cool enough, which again, very Pete Wentz line. Tell me I'm wrong about this, but this, it does feel to me like there's a lot of these moments on this album that we just haven't had in this way in a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, I have two, um, I, which I think this is my favorite, even though I'm not like a humongous, like fan of the song, um, the line in fake out love is in the air. I just got to figure out a window to break out. I was like, Oh my mm. gosh. Ow. Mm. Like, ow. Like, I know the idea is he's, he's like swamped by love and like he, he wants to get out of the room that the love is in. But like, what if the love was outside and he's in this room and he needs to break the window to get to the love? Yeah. Like, That's oh deep, man, man, are we serious right now? <laughs> Difficult. Like I'm gonna be thinking about that line for a very long time. I I truly believe that. Um, and then, like from a Pete Wentzy perspective, like, um, the Bridge of Flu game. One day every candle's got to run out of wax. One day no one remember will remember me when they look back. I can't stop till we catch all your ears somewhere between Mike Tyson and Van Gogh. <laughs> yeah, is like, I, I thought about listening that one too. Line on the record, I think it is. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so um, good. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned having watched the Zane Lowe interview, which is funny because when we did the Paramore podcast, I'd watched it and you hadn't. So tell me a little bit about the interview. You talked about one of the moments, but um, was there anything else that stuck out to you from it or anything that you took away from it? Um, I think just like how, I guess, like they are serious about what they do, but not from like the professional aspect, which is something that I kind of like talked about in my review a little bit is how first and foremost, they're musicians, they're artists, they're creators. Um, like they talk a lot about how they never really cared about doing shows and doing interviews and everything. And like, they just like Patrick says like multiple times, I just wanted to be in the studio. I just wanted to write songs. I never even wanted to sing. I was a songwriter, but I was a drummer first. Um, like they are not, I don't know, like they're just not, they just seem very down to earth. Like, um, and one of the things I did notice is like, which was kind of weird, which I know Joe did like step back from the band. Um, I watched a couple of other videos after, um, I watched the interview, but he is in the hold me like a grudge music video, but he's not in the Jimmy Fallon performance that they just did of that song. Um, but like just the way the guys and Zayn were talking about like Andy and Joe, and you can tell that they're such integral members of the band, but for some reason, like it just always feels like they get left in the dust and the in the stardust. Ho ho ho. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like they just like I don't know. I just feel like not that they don't feel as important because they are, and you can tell that with with this album. All four of the guys, like Joe really gave it his best because I feel like he knew it was his last, um, or at least like for right now. 
Um, and and Andy gave his best too. Like they talked multiple times about how everybody was totally on their A game. Um, like they had a great time making their record. It wasn't just like, okay, well, we have to fulfill a record label or this or that or the other thing. Like they really did want to come together and make this album. Um, and I think that really comes through musically, but I didn't think it really came through in the interview. I don't know. It's just like the the energy was kind of weird. Huh. Did Joe come up during the interview? A little bit, um, but not from like not him. They didn't talk about him leaving or anything. Um, but just like they were talking about what the guys were all working on, like outside of Fall Out Boy a little bit. Um, but I don't okay. know. It was just you'll have to watch it. I don't know. It's just I, weird vibes, kind of weird vibes, like um, like almost like it was too touchy of a subject for them to even want to go near. So I don't know. Kind of funny. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, there's going to be plenty of content to consume here over the next couple of weeks as this all rolls out. We get to digest all the reviews, see the interviews and, and start to make even more sense of it. Um, you know, I'd first texted you that we were going to re-rank the albums again, but I was just like, how many, we just got to stop with ranking the Fallout Boy albums. So we got to do something though, to put this album into perspective. And I had an idea that we would do a draft uh, we're going to draft the albums. We're going to take turns picking albums until we've picked all eight and we'll each have a team of four albums and uh, we'll see, we'll see whose team of four albums is the best. Um, very subjective, very silly, but I'm actually really excited about it. And I'm so stressed. <laughs> well, the question obviously becomes who goes first, right? And um, so I've got this game called Pete or Pat and I, I'm going to be thinking of one of their names in my head and you have to pick one. And if you oh, guess I... the right one, <laughs> you get to pick first. I get to go first. Oh my God. Well, I know who I would pick, but now I'm not sure if you're going to pick the right person. It's like, we'll pick a number out of one in 10. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. So who is it? Who am I thinking of? You're already thinking? Yeah, I've got um, it. If I know you. But what if you're trying to play me? You know what I'm saying? I know, right? I'm gonna say you, you don't I'm gonna know. say Patrick. Ah, uh, it's Pete. I knew it. I knew it was gonna be Pete. Oh my god, that's gonna yeah. be so loud for your your headphones, you, everybody. My apologies. You fell for it exactly like I hoped that you would. I and, knew it. Uh, I knew it was that was gonna happen. And I literally talked it through and I should have said Pete. <laughs> that's perfect. So all right, I'm taking the first pick and uh yeah, there's, it's a no-brainer. I'm taking Infinity on High as uh, with the number one pick in the Fallout Boy draft. Um, Infinity on High is my favorite album, and uh, it's going to play point guard for Team Kyle's Fallout Boy team. So you're up next. I'm going to go with Fully Ado, obviously. If we're going with favorite albums first, like Fully Ado is number one in my heart for always and forever. So yeah, that makes sense. I knew you were going to go that direction. Yeah, I knew you were going to go was... Infinity on High. I was hoping you would, because that means with the next pick, pick number three, the pick is in, and it is from Under the Cork Tree. Rude. Your turn. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say American Beauty, American Psycho. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Explain your pick. No, I think it's a wild card, if I'm going to be honest. Like, I think it is still a wild card of an album, and it's a good summer album for me. I still like it. I, I, I rank it lower because of... Like, in if we're going to rank them, like, in their larger body of work, I'm like, eh, whatever. But if that's the only Fallout Boy album left, well, I mean, if you watch the Hold Me Like a Grudge video, you'll see. Um, but, like, if that's the only Fallout Boy left, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'll yeah. stand by it. 
All right. Well, um, I know there's people listening right now that are pulling their hair out and turning off the podcast because we're not picking Take This to Your Grave. And I like that so much that I'm going to not pick it here. I'm going to pick So Much for Stardust um, with the, uh, what's this, the fifth pick. So I've got Infinity on High from Under the Court Tree, So Much for Stardust. I'm feeling really good about this lineup here. Um, Nadia, you've got the sixth pick. I'm taking Save Rock and Roll. Okay. Wow, I'm like really going for like new Fallout Boy. I know this it's, is weird. It's because I'm a youngin. Well, I'm giving you ho- all your favorites. The hilarity here is we're down to the last two picks, and you brought up that podcast we did when uh, not long after you started at It's All Dead, and I remember that time because uh, Kyle was so in love with Mania, and you hated it so much, and we all, basically the podcast was like me trying to referee the two of you and making your arguments. That's the only time in the history of it's all dead that we had two reviews written of the same album. You both wrote one. And uh, I think you came around on the album over time. It sounds like, but um, still with the final two picks here, I can't take it. I've got to take, uh, take this to your grave with my final pick, which leaves you with mania. So how do you, how do you feel about that at this point? I'm okay with it. All right. You know why? All right, you know why? Because I'll stop wearing black when they make a darker color, okay? <laughs> there you right? go. Because that is the emo anthem. Yeah, another good Pete Wentz line. So, all right, so here are the teams. Team Kyle, Infinity on High, From Under the Court Tree, So Much for Stardust, Take This to Your Grave. Team Nadia, Folly Adu, American Beauty, American Psycho, um, Save Rock and Roll, and Mania. I mean, head-to-head, I, you know, I realize I'm biased because I just made these picks, but I, I feel like my stack of albums is going to be your stack of albums in a game. Well, of remember who's what. got the power of God and Elton John on their side. Ha, huh, that's true. That's going to be me all. Elton John. Are there any other? Uh... Uh, Courtney Love was on that album. And then. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. I can't remember what the girl's name is. Mm, I'm going to look it up. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> they have Big Sean. Okay. And um, the girl, Do you did you remember that like indie singer girl who went by Foxes? She's on oh, this album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I liked her for a little while. Um, honestly, I went through uh, an indie pop phase with people like that. Um, so yeah, you know what? If Even if my lineup's not stacked, Save Rock and Roll is stacked. Yeah, and so is uh, Folly Adu. You get Brendan Urie, William Beckett, Elvis Costello, Travis McCoy, Gabe Saporta, Lil Wayne. I forgot how many people were on that album. That's so crazy. You know what's so fun, Kyle, is watching you be wrong. No, I still, I look, if you gave me a choice of I have to live on an island with four Fall Out Boy albums, I'm still <laughs> taking true. the ones that I came up with. So No, you know what? Actually, I would miss Cork Tree and I would miss Infinity on High, but yeah. I feel like I'd be okay. I'd, I would survive. I'd definitely survive. I wouldn't thrive, but I'd survive. So I think both of us feel at this point, uh, aside from doing another album ranking, which I'm sure we'll do eventually, but so far, so much for Stardust, we both agree it's the best post hiatus album and it probably falls somewhere right in the middle. I think the, you know, uh, people will disagree with this because we both feel a certain way about take this to your grave, an album that I like, by the way, I like it a lot and it meant a lot to me. It still does, but 
the three-headed fallout boy monster is still folly ado and fitting down hind from under the cork tree it just is um and it's going to be really hard for another album to break into that but i think so much for stardust at least 24 hours into it has come as close as they've done um in, in these past 10 years and it really is crazy to think about it's been 10 years uh since they came back um april 12th is going to be the 10 year anniversary of save rock and roll which at the time was like such a huge moment and uh it's kind of amazing i i don't know that i would have believed back then that we were going to have a whole second chapter of fallout boy that was just as long and robust with music as the first uh first chapter was so it's kind of cool that we've gotten to have them around for this long and that they keep putting out great music so it's cool stuff i mean i honestly don't think that fallout boy thought that they were going to have like this second chapter um and i'm going to be honest watching like the video of the fallon performance it was like weirdly emotional for me to not see joe like i feel like i've never yeah. seen them as a three piece um mm-hmm. so i don't know it just it fe- things feel different but they don't necessarily feel different in a bad way um yeah. i guess like i guess is the best way to say it i do like i do hope that that Joe takes the time that he needs. Um, but I also hope that he knows like that he is an integral part of the band. Like there is no fallout boy without all four of them, you know, like I, right. Like, I guess, I don't know. It just, this album really does show that they do need, you know, they, they all play a very, very specific part in crafting that sound. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that this is still a solid album. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see. It doesn't seem like they want to be done releasing, um, it'll be interesting to see if they stay with Field by Ramen, if they go indie. Um, but yeah, I think like it, this does leave a lot of ends open um, for them. A lot of a lot of roads to travel down. Yeah, for sure. Um, it'll be exciting to see what happens. And I'm really excited for this summer um, to see them with Bring Me the Horizon. It's going to be a great show, a fun tour. I can't wait to see what the set list is. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some great tracks from the new album along with all the all the hits probably a few curveballs thrown in for good measure so it'll be a good time in the meantime uh that's going to do it for our show tonight thank you all for joining as i mentioned earlier you can read nadia's review of so much for stardust by going to it's all dead.com you can also follow us on social media um at it's all dead it's underscore all underscore dead uh on twitter and then look us up on facebook come follow us join the conversation and uh that's going to do it nadia thank you for joining the show Anytime, as always. Um, That's it. Uh, I'm Kyle Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook, at It's All Dead. And of course, come visit our website, itsalldead.com.